So welcome to another episode of Raising OKC Kids, Conversations with Metro Family in Oklahoma City. I'm Kirsten Holder, and today we're talking with Erin Page, editor for Metro Family Magazine, and Lindsay Kumo, assistant editor for Metro Family. Thank you guys both for being here today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited to be here. So we recently deployed a reader survey to assess parents' needs, struggles, and plans for the upcoming school year. The response we received was overwhelmingly overwhelmed, meaning parents didn't know what they need. Um, they just know they need help. They aren't sure what it looks like. The struggle is real with parents of school-aged children. So Erin, let's start with you. Would you just tell us a little bit about your family um, and how everything looks like at home right now? Uh, complete chaos is what things look like in my house right now. Um, my husband Jordan and I have three kids. Our oldest just turned nine. She's going into third grade. Our middle is six going into first grade and our baby is four going into pre-k. Um, so at one point I thought this is the first year that all three of my children are going to school every day which is clearly not what's going to happen. Um, so we have just been doing lots of adjusting at our house and um, Jordan and I are fortunate in that we both have the opportunity to work from home. Obviously all of us at Metro Family have pretty much been working from home since March. Um, Jordan works from home kind of here and there. So we've been keeping Ikea in business this summer as we realized that we all needed our our own desk spaces. So um, I think we're like as prepared as we can be to head into this new school year. And Lindsay, how about you? I know you have a house full as well. What does your house look like right now? I do have a house full. Um, just like Aaron, my husband and I are actually both working from home. Um, I've always worked from home in my role, uh, but it's new for him. So, um, you know, he's been adjusting <laughs> to what it's like to work with uh, three noisy boys in the house. And um, so we also added a puppy <laughs> during our quarantine journey. So uh, he is wreaking havoc and uh, no pencils are safe <laughs> in his household. So schooling has been a bit interesting <laughs> with that dynamic. I have three boys. Um, as I said, one is in third grade. And then I have two that are starting junior high as seventh graders this year. So lots of new things for us as well. Yes, and I know your um, family dynamics um, are very similar to a lot of our readers right now, too. So I'm sure a lot of people can relate to what you all have been describing. So in our survey, 53% um, of respondents said they were not very likely to send their kids back to a traditional brick and mortar school situation this fall. 91% of our respondents' kids had previously attended traditional in-classroom school. So like you, this is a big shockwave um, sent through a lot of the families that responded to our survey. Do the two of you relate to the majority of our survey respondents saying they're not comfortable sending their schools back, their kids back to school? And what methods of school are your schools offering um, and which have you opted for? Lindsay, you want to take it first? Sure, sure. I can definitely relate. Um, with close family members um, that are immunocompromised, bringing home the virus 
um, to our and sharing it with our family was a huge concern. Um, we were pretty nervous about what being in the classroom all day would look like and whether our kids would be able to navigate those risks. Um, in more, we, we, my boys attend more public schools and we were offered the option of traditional in-person as well as virtual learning. Um, we opted for virtual learning um, because of two factors. One being, like I said, those family members and we wanted to do all that we could to mitigate their risk. Um, but then also consistency weighed heavily on us um, in the sense that many are saying be prepared for stops and starts um, in the classroom. And no one likes change, but I just felt like that was gonna add even more um, stress to an already overwhelming situation. So for my boys and our family, uh, virtual is what we chose to proceed with. And we have agonized over this decision in my household that Lindsay and I have had lots of text exchanges watching various board meetings, those districts have made decisions and um, it's, it's it seems like information is changing so often right now. Um, we are in Deer Creek schools and our school board voted for an AB schedule. So uh, because of that, we are opting to go back traditionally, which means our kids will be in the classroom two days a week and they'll be learning from home three days a week. Um, so certainly, I know this is a challenging scenario for so many parents, especially single parents, uh, parents who cannot work from home and have to figure out childcare uh, and how to get kids to school just two days and learning from home three days. Um, but for us, this has kind of become an ideal situation where there are no ideal situations. Um, with our kids ages, we like that they are going to have some opportunity to be with a classroom teacher, but that with classes uh, kind of cut in half, social distancing will be possible. Um, the safety precautions that are being taken um, have made us feel comfortable to, to send them those two days. Um, if, if our school district hadn't gone on an AB schedule, we most likely would have opted for, for virtual for our kids. But um, as Lindsay and I both know from all of the, the friends that we've talked to, I know we both have friends that have opted for, for all the different choices. So there, there are just no easy answers here. And I think what we have learned is that every family has to choose um, for their own situation. Try to offer um, help to other families, you know, as much as we can during this time. I think you hit the nail on the head with no good options. I think everyone is making the best choice they possibly can, and that looks different for every family. So for those choosing to send their kids back to school in some manner, um, safety is clearly a heightened concern. Many surveyed parents responded they would only feel safe with their kids being in school if there were a decrease in cases. That was 45% of our respondents. Um, that's not something we have control over, unfortunately. So a couple of other things, um, adequate safety rules. 47% so of respondents said they would feel comfortable sending their kids back to school if they felt comfortable with safety or if a vaccine became available, um, that totaling in 48%. So 
knowing those stats and what other readers have said, do you agree with one of those three categories? Um, what would make you feel most safe in sending your kids back to school this fall? Well, I mean, I'm sure we will all feel better when a vaccine is an option. Um, but for now, I think that the use of masks was a critical factor for our family. And um, I know it's been hotly debated and there are a lot of opinions and uh, on masks, but for, for us, it's a simple thing that we can do to help protect our family members. So um, for my two in junior high, uh, through their virtual learning academy and more, they were allowed to do supplemental classes in person. So um, kind of like Aaron's doing for my junior high kids, um, since the junior highs are required to wear masks all day, we felt more comfortable allowing them to go and they attend half the day in the building and then do the remainder of their classes online. The Moore Virtual Academy has been around for many years. It's been something the district has offered uh, for a while. So, um, but some of the electives and, um, and, and math classes, those my son really wanted to have a math teacher <laughs> that he could interact with that wasn't his mom. <laughs> so we opted to do a couple classes in person to kind of balance out um, kind of what they, the new challenges that they had. So, um, and, you know, just, you know, on the mask topic, I know that there's been a lot of struggles in terms of finding the right fit and can kids wear it all day. And for in the Moore district, if you're an elementary student, they do have times where the students can re remove their masks. And I'm sure that is really helpful for those little guys um, throughout the day to take a break because that's a lot um, and, and, and a distraction too. So. Um, I appreciate that we're using masks in our community, but then um, in a practical way. We were really thankful that early on our district announced that all students and teachers would be required to wear masks. So that is another reason that we felt more comfortable with our kids going back. Um, four of our five family members are high risk. My kids all have asthma. Um, and we just don't know a lot yet about um, how kids with asthma may react to COVID-19. So that's certainly been um, top of mind for our family um, and, and a reason that, that masks have been really important to us and that we are really appreciative when other people wear them as well. Um, you know, I don't know that I will feel fully comfortable with my kiddos being in school until cases have decreased dramatically, until there's a vaccine available. Um, I think all of us in our household are kind of anxious to get back into the swing of school to see what it looks and feels like. We've had lots of conversations in our house about um, how, you know, kind of empowering my kids to, to take their own safety um, into consideration and steps that they can take to make sure that they um, are safe and comfortable when they're at school because there's a lot of fear for um, kids. And I think sometimes as parents, we take that for granted or, or we don't necessarily stop to consider that our kids are battling some fear right now about going back to school. So especially in the last couple of days we've really talked about. Sometimes the best thing that we can do is to experience the new situation, um, see what that looks and feels like, because sometimes we built it up to be a lot scarier in our head than it really is. But we've tried to um, really talk with our kids about, you know, the things 
that to look for and then when they come home what are those conversations that we're going to have and they also know that that we are going to be here to listen to any concerns they have their teachers are going to be there to listen to concerns that they may have um, and, and we're just going to take this one day at a time honestly right now um, we just want to make sure that that our kids feel feel comfortable in, in what we have chosen for them so um, we'll see what that looks like as we start school later this week I, um, in the process of making this decision. I mean, I went back and forth and stressed and it was, I just wore myself down. And um, in talking with my kids, uh, my oldest, he kind of soothed my heart and he just, I asked him, you know, what you thought about this or this and this, and I was just kind of rolling out all the options. And he just said to me, mom, whatever you decide will be right. And I was just brought to tears because he kind of sums it up in the sense of, I have no idea what this is going to look like, and I just have to move forward. So we are definitely taking it one day at a time. Um, we've talked about what are high risk activities and what are not, um, but he really soothed my soul <laughs> because it, there is no perfect decision and I needed to kind of let that go. And he did that for me. So. I love that. He sounds wise beyond his years. He was in that moment. <laughs> yes. Well, and kids, they are resilient. They're probably more resilient than we give them credit for. Um, this will be something that will maybe give them more grit in the future. So <laughs> um, kind of on the note of wearing masks, um, and maybe a shameless plug for the magazine too. Where can we find local masks, locally made masks that fit kids? We have a great resource for parents. I was really excited to, to dig this one out because I think finding the right fitting mask is the key to being able to wear it for an extended amount of time. There are so many different styles. There are handmade, there are store-bought. Um, so we pulled together a list of some local places. Um, some are, you know, moms at home hand making them. Um, some are some manufacturers. Um, we even have uh, Oklahoma t-shirt company. They'll make masks for your group. Uh, so we found some variety of options for families. And I love that you can go and try it on and check it out. Um, and you know, you're not just ordering offline and not sure what you're going to get. So you can find that on our website. Great plug. <laughs> uh, we have it on the homepage right now and it's also on our back to school resource page. So I know we can find a good fit for every kid out there. That's awesome. Um, well, back to the survey. When asked, um, what is your biggest concern for the 2020-2021 school year? We received some pretty raw feedback. Um, a lot of it tugged on my heartstrings, so I'm going to read um, a couple that really stood out that I think will be most relatable to our readers and to you. Um, so people, parents are uh, concerned that children will, of course, become infected or spread the virus to vulnerable family members, like you two had mentioned. Um, they're scared that closings of schools will start shortly after they're reopened, and then they're going to have to readjust this whole non-traditional schedule that they've worked so hard to establish. Of course, social and mental well-being, you two both mentioned that. Consistency, consistency and quality of education, um, one parent in particular said, I'm not qualified to help my kid with school and I don't know what to do. Um, I, I don't think we've ever collectively been more thankful for teachers than we have in this moment right now. 
Um, I worry for children who go without daily school will be hungry. Um, a lot of children in Oklahoma are on free and reduced lunch program, backpack programs, um, and additionally, they may face a higher risk of abuse or neglect. Having that third party um, and a teacher that can check in with the child's mental and physical wellness every single day, um, that can kind of see their baseline normal and know what's not normal and how to adjust and, and provide support for that. Um, and then lots of concerns for teacher safety and well-being. You know, they're kind of in the category now of first-line responders where they're putting their own health and their family um, at risk in a way. I mean, we're all trying to be as safe as we can, but they're the ones there. Um, so kind of all of that to say, which of these statements do you most relate to, if any, um, and what are you trying to do to cope and support your own family, but also maybe the, um, the classroom and uh, bunches of kids that, that are in these situations as well. Well, you know, I hated having to choose between all of those factors. I mean, I wanted my kids to have it all. And I felt like, you know, I want them to have a quality education. I want them in the classroom being social and building those team skills. You know, I wanted teachers that could help them grow and in, be independent. And, you know, I wanted them to have all the fun school stuff. I mean, I hated giving that up. And no, I felt like, um, you know, I was weighing so many heavy factors and I struggled and I don't think I'm coping very <laughs> well with my decision. Um, I, it varies minute to minute whether I'm like, okay, I can do this virtual thing. And then the next minute I feel very overwhelmed. Um, you know, as I said before, I, safety was a really a big concern and just not bringing that virus home to our family was pretty important. Um, so ultimately that kind of filtered to the top, <laughs> but um, I'm still kind of processing all of this and still kind of working out how it all looks for our family. So I, I thought I would feel better after I made the decision um, and I do, but um, like Aaron said, we're taking it day by day and you know, you read the news about there already being positive cases in the building, um, you know, and then I, sit at home and watch my third grader as he kind of reads and works through these on his own. And I'm sad that, you know, I, can I live up <laughs> to those wonderful teachers? And uh, can I, uh, what can I recreate for him? So it's been a struggle. And um, one of the things I, I think that's been a, a cool resource for me is local parents kind of banding together. Um, we've seen a trend of, um, you know, different levels, you know, some people will call them micro schools or pods. Um, I've joined a few Facebook groups of other more parents who are doing virtual learning and um, I'm kind of leaning on that <laughs> right now as a resource. So um, I'm finding my new village um, in all of this. Yeah, and that village is so important right now. Um, in terms of, of coping, I, I don't know that we're coping that well <laughs> in my house right now, but, but certainly just having the opportunity to process decisions with, with friends, with you guys, um, has been really meaningful to me. Um, 
you know, in, in my friend group, I, I have friends who are going back, their kids are going back every day, traditionally, friends that are doing all virtual through their districts, some that are doing virtual through other alternatives, um, some that are doing AV schedule like us. So it's been helpful for me to process these decisions with a group of people that is not judgmental, is not looking to give me advice or tell me what I should do with my own kids, but just who are willing to listen and then being able to offer that, that same grace and that same listening ear back to them. Um, that, that's been, um, I think, really key for me in figuring out uh, and feeling comfortable with, with our decisions this year. Um, and then, gosh, Kirsten, in terms of all those statements you read, they all uh, really hit home for me. They're all things that, that I'm really concerned about for, for my family and for the community. I think um, as I wrote one of our back to school stories about what school's gonna look like this fall, um, and I had the opportunity to talk with administrators and district leaders and teachers uh, around the Metro, um, it really created for me just a, an even deeper sense of empathy for everyone who is making these large scale decisions to the very best of their ability. Um, you know, these aren't decisions that any of them signed up for. And um, they are, are genuinely doing the very best they can to provide a quality educational experience and keep our kids and, and their staff and families safe. Um, so that has that experience has just encouraged me to to send emails to um, our superintendent's office to to teachers around us, just to say thank you. Um, you know, even if even if you're teachers, district leaders, whomever are making decisions that, that your family doesn't necessarily agree with, um, I, I just think it's important right now for us to all take the time to thank the teachers. Uh, educators, administrators, staff around us, because we are, we have always asked teachers to shoulder so much. And now, now we're asking them to shoulder this. Um, so it's just, it's a hard time for them. And um, I, I've really been looking at ways that, that I and that my kids can make sure that we're supporting them right now. You are so right. Um, gratitude, I think is one way that we can collectively cope um in our in our whole villages our new villages our current support systems and on and on i think that's a really good thing to keep in mind so i want to pull out one of the statements we received um i worry for children who will go without school will go hungry they might face a higher risk of abuse and neglect how can we help these families in need during this most difficult time metro family has many resources um, how can how can we use those resources to the good of those families who really need us well the the burden of this pandemic i think has weighed on us all um us as a staff as a uh, for metro family who our mission is to support families you know we're constantly evaluating our role and um in all of this um, but one of the things that I think is truly amazing is anytime we have faced a challenge, Oklahomans step up to help. And there are so many different ways. We are getting information often about um, nonprofits and school efforts and how they are meeting these needs for kids wherever the families are in their educational journey. Um, you, one of the 
we've had a wealth of resources um, to share with our readers. Um, there's been school supply events that like we have every year, but these are, you know, shifting and adjusting to virtual learner needs as well as the in-classroom needs. Um, there's food resources, the schools, uh, filling tummies, the regional food bank. Um, these agencies have expanded their efforts and also working together um, to meet the needs of families who are struggling. And it's just been an incredible to watch, um, both as a member of the community, but then also um, as a member of the media who gets to see the effort put behind some of these um, endeavors. Um, we're also working on a list of free or low cost medical services um, and we're going to include and it's very important to us to include mental health resources as well, because we know that families need those now more than ever before. Um, we also have a volunteer opportunities page. Um, Aaron's family has been helping out uh, through a program and done community gardening. And we have several other organizations that are offering socially distant and safe volunteer options uh, to give back because as you know, for me, it's a bit of a coping mechanism as well as a chance to do something good. It's a way for me to have a little bit of control in the matter. Here's what I can do. Here's what my kids can do uh, to make a difference. So, um, Hopefully, parents can get on to metrofamilymagazine.com and connect with those resources and find what they need um, and the support from us. So, Lindsay does a great job keeping that volunteer opportunity page updated. I know it's um, one of the, the most viewed pages on our website and um, Lindsay has done a great job during this pandemic of kind of shifting and then finding those opportunities for families to engage. I know uh, one of my friends was looking for ways that their kids could pack school supplies and donate. So I sent her straight to Lindsay's page to check those out. Um, Infant Crisis Services has offered some opportunities for families to pack uh, toddler packs for them. Um, my family, like Lindsay said, volunteers through Restore OKC. Um, they do really important work with several schools in the metro, and we're just helping keep the school gardens beautiful until those kids can return back to school. Um, you know, I think it's important for all of us who have the opportunity to look for ways that we can serve and help other people in our community. And um, like Lindsay said, that's, it's a good way to invest in the community and, and it's, it makes you feel good to do something good for someone else. So it's powerful to participate in those kinds of opportunities. And then in terms of the, the higher risk of abuse and neglect, um, that, that weighs heavily on, on me uh, right now. George Lang just wrote a really powerful article for us about adverse childhood experiences, that, that those are increasing in the metro. Um, and one positive for me that I pulled out of, of his wonderful work is that schools are aware of that, that schools in the metro are, are looking for ways, even if they're just doing virtual school right now, they are creating mechanisms to check in with families and, and to, to kind of keep their eyes on all kids, not just academically, but, you know, through their social health, their emotional health, they're, they're really looking at ways to ensure that, um, that they can help serve those families who may really be struggling right now. 
Well, thank you both for that. I mean, I think if there's anything to take from this conversation and, and maybe finding the small bit of silver lining in a terrible situation, um, it's that we're all in a way getting back to basics. We're um, finding those villages that, you know, we've never been more connected than we are in this day and age, but we're somehow very separate. And now we have to be intentional about really connecting with people. And I think that's, um, for me anyway, um, there's been a lot more gratitude and value associated with that. And you both mentioned gratitude, saying thank you to those who are helping you, who are going out of their way um, to accommodate and, and provide safety and comfort to a lot of families. Um, so I really appreciate you guys um, talking with us today about how this is impacting your family. I know that so many of our readers and listeners um, are, are agreeing with you, are in those boats with you as well. Um, if anyone listening would like to hear or see the full survey results, um, they're listed on our website, metrofamilymagazine.com. And you can join us every Tuesday for a new episode of Raising OKC Kids. Thank you all for listening.